Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. On June 23rd, 2022, the Biden administration signed off on the latest round of student loan forgiveness. With this latest ruling, almost 150,000 borrowers have now had their loans partially or even fully forgiven. The student loan forgiveness goal, initially set in 2021, aimed to give student loan forgiveness to 500,000 borrowers currently enrolled in the Public Student Loan Forgiveness Program, otherwise known as PSLF. This means the U.S. Department of Education has yet to meet the proposed numbers, but it's still in progress. So, today, we take a look at student loan forgiveness and how it will benefit some, but bring some hesitation to others. Thank you so much for stopping by today. So the PSLF program initially started as a way to pay for those in the public sector to pay off their loans while serving their community. Some say problems have riddled the program from the start. Many found themselves originally ineligible due to loopholes that many just didn't really understand. (laughs) Some didn't qualify after years of already making payments, while others found themselves ultimately just left out. Under the PSLF program, only those holding federal loans are eligible for forgiveness, leaving out millions who only received private loans. A lot of Democrats have called on President Biden to extend student loan forgiveness to everyone currently in student loan debt. They wish to see $50,000 forgiven per borrower. At this time, there hasn't been any decision made, but that doesn't mean that some aren't worried about future implications. So do our hesitations outweigh those that could benefit? Or are we leaving those that could help behind? Hmm. I start with a quote. We will afford my medication without concern for my chronic health issues. Meet Sarah Potter. She's a podcast host, writer, and digital consultant, and she'll hopefully benefit from student loan forgiveness to the tune of 90 grand coming this December 2022. Sarah is hopeful about what her life will look like if her student loan debt were wiped out. For one, she'll be able to sleep at night instead of cry about how much debt she has. She'll also be able to afford medication for her chronic health issues instead of worrying about making a tough decision between her meds or necessities for her children. Chronic health issues are expensive, as some of you may know, and millions like Potter develop them later in life. You can have health insurance, yet still struggle to pay for your meds and co-pays. As a chronic asthmatic, I know firsthand. The medication that works for controlling my asthma is actually close to 500 bucks a pop without health insurance. With it, it was $75. The inhaler is just one of several different meds I need that all come with a hefty copay. Yes, you can use good RX and generics, but many medications people need do not come with a generic or coupon. Health insurance is better than it used to be for some, yet comes with a higher price tag for others. When you take out student loans at the healthiest point in your life, you don't imagine a third of your future income being eaten up by medical costs that will prohibit you from paying back debt. And like others, debt affects Sarah's mental health. In the study we found, 53% of students with student loan debt had experienced depression Even more shocking, one out of every 15 people have considered suicide. Everyone's different, of course, and for some, student loans seem like a whole 
that you just can't climb out of for a job market that higher educators build up for no reason. Here's another quote. The idea that forgiving student loans with a wide paintbrush will give us some sort of economic stimulus is a fallacy. So this is personal finance reporter Brent Holzhauer. He has concerns that aren't moral or ethical, but economical. For years, Holzhauer has studied the economy and fears that student loan forgiveness will not provide the stimulus our country currently needs in a post-COVID society. The average student loan borrower has roughly 35K in student loans. It isn't that brutal. That's a brand new car, he states. However, the issue is the interest, fees, and government mismanagement. Last year, College Board published its annual report on trends in tuition pricing and student aid. 54% of borrowers have less than $20,000. What's even more interesting is that 10% of borrowers hold 45% of the total student loan debt in the country. Many with significant student loan debt go to prestigious schools or have higher-paying jobs, such as a doctor or lawyer. Do you even need student loan forgiveness if you have a considerable income? I got a friend who has $2,500 in student loan debt. He could pay it off with a few clicks, no problem. He's only holding on to it because of the potential for forgiveness. Once forgiveness is off the table, he's just going to pay it off. If there is one story like this, there has to be many more. That's a quote from Holzhauer as well. So as a personal finance writer, I know a few people, not only online, but in my day-to-day life as well. Holzhauer firmly believes that making education affordable and creating policies that work is the way to stop this from happening. So how do you learn not to overspend if the world bails you out? With any government program, funding must be considered and made up elsewhere. So suppose President Biden was to cancel the proposed amount of $10,000 per person. In that case, our country could add an additional $230 billion to our national debt, just like any personal finance conundrum. There are two ways to make up any difference in your budget. Cut spending or increase income revenue. We all know it's easier to increase revenue than cut spending, primarily since many government programs are not funded properly as it is but increasing revenue would mean higher taxes. But higher taxes for who? Government spending is a huge factor in fueling inflation, and inflation is a brutal tax on the poor. So, what logical argument can you have to spend billions bailing out the rich or soon-to-be rich college grads while knowing that this is going to drastically boost the cost of living for the poor? That's what Kathy Kristoff said. So, Kathy Kristoff is an award-winning journalist and founder of Side Hustle. Kristoff has worked with thousands in her lifetime to help them change their financial lives, but feels a bailout such as this one will affect those who choose not to seek higher education just for this purpose. The oft-quoted statistic is that a college degree boosts your lifetime earnings by a million dollars. So why should a guy who works a trade and never went to college pay higher taxes so that you can pay off your debt faster and thus more quickly leave him in the dust, economically speaking. Even 1% added to your federal taxes makes a dent in your paycheck. With inflation, every penny counts. We always pay for our mistakes, yet do we pay for others while we're at it? Here's another quote. 
we need to talk about the cost of higher education and who has access. Financial counselor Jenny Mayer hustled her way through college. She worked various jobs to graduate with $10,000 she paid off. Despite paying off her loans, working with others led her to believe that while some student loan forgiveness would be great for many borrowers, she doesn't think we should stop there. The fact that many borrowers owe more money now than at the time they graduated, even after making payments year after year, is horrifying. That's what Mayer said. Historically, marginalized groups have been more likely to experience predatory lending and targeting by for-profit colleges. There is already a wealth gap, which could mean that many would have a chance to catch up to others financially. So she says, We need to talk about state programs that currently exist that have free or reduced tuition programs. We need to talk about financial literacy and predatory lending to 17- and 18-year-olds. Here's another quote. It takes a village until it's student loan debt. So let's go back and revisit Sarah Potter from earlier in the podcast. At the end of the day, Potter is hopeful. She regularly speaks to her loan provider about her potential forgiveness and continues to monitor her finances just in case it doesn't happen. Her provider is very clear that it's new territory for everyone with no known outcome. We all come from this perspective of it takes a village but no one really wants to be a part of the greater village that is the global village or even just the national village. That's what Potter says, <laughs> wistfully, I might add. It's me, myself, and I. Enacting 100% student loan forgiveness for all will truly mean we are acting as a global village and taking care of one another. If we learn from it, remains another story. And that is our show for today. A little bit of a different way of doing things than we normally do and a lot of different perspectives as well. If you want to dive into student loan forgiveness and all the different options that you have as well, you can check out thecollegeinvestor.com. Also, follow us all over social media. We're like, you know, everywhere. We'd love to get to know you. Thanks so much for stopping by today and we will talk to you again very soon.